0: Welcome to Cars Yeah! Show number 320. The harder I work,
1: the luckier I get.
0: This is Cars Yeah! Where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah! Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Colin McLemore. Colin, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Indeed, Mark. Let's do it. All right. Great to have you here. Colin McLemore is the founder at Max Tie-Downs in Sandpoint, Idaho. He started his company in 1993, realizing a need for high-quality, safe tie-down systems for trailers and truck beds. His patented versatile tracks and connectors have become the standard in the industry, used by the best trailer builders in the country. Max Tie Down sells a complete line of tracks, connectors, deck, and specialty hardware, and straps on their website and in their store. Colin, I've told our listeners just a little tiny bit about you. Would you take a moment and share some more about your business and, of course, your passion for automobiles?
1: Absolutely, well, first of all, really excited to be a part of this show today, Mark. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I got bitten by the bug at a at a very early age. I've always been into mechanical things ever since my mother bought me that wooden peg and a hole set, and I used to sit there on the front porch <laughs> and figure out how to make all those things fit. Yep, that transitioned into a love for for bicycles, which then of course, became a love for virtually anything mechanical, particularly internal combustion powered. I'm, I'm just into it all. I'm, I'm overly infected. Started the business actually out of a personal need. I was always buying and selling cars throughout my college career as a little extra beer money, and most of the vehicles that I could afford to buy didn't run. <laughs> yep. So that necessitated uh, the, the need for hauling them, and it was often done on a, on a U-Haul trailer on a week-by-week basis, and there was, just wasn't any purpose-built tie-down equipment available. Yeah, sure, you could buy tie-downs anywhere. You know, your your big box store, your you know, your your truck stop, but it was always very generic and what do you do with the extra 21 feet left over once you've got that car tied down?
0: Yeah, it's usually kind of dangling behind the car driving down the freeway.
1: <laughs> oh, we've seen it all, oh, I yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that that's really how the whole thing got started is out of a personal need. Very first event was the Portland swap meet back in 1993 where I Showed up there with a couple of foot lockers I had purchased at the Boeing Surplus store. Oh, yeah. And filled those full of strap assemblies that we had put together, and gosh. Here we are today. <laughs> here we are, yeah, yeah, exactly. I realized I wasn't the only one.
0: <laughs> exactly. You know, and it's very cool because I love this aspect of having people like you on the show. Car yeah is all about entrepreneurship. People who have a passion for vehicles and have figured out a way to wrap that passion into their vocation. And you've done exactly that. There was a need out there. You filled that need. You've refined it. You've improved it. Innovative. There's so many great things about your company, and that's why I'm happy to have you here today. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. It's something that's been instrumental in your life, and it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah? So, Colin take the wheel.
1: That's an easy one for me, Mark. That quote would be, the harder I work, the luckier I get.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, tell me how you've incorporated that great quote. I I love that quote into your business and your life and your passion for cars.
1: Well, a lot of it comes down to the fact that I, I truly do enjoy what I do. I look forward to getting up every day and and coming to work. And, you know, the, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that, that dread the thought of another day in the office or another day at the job site, another day stuck in traffic. And that is not at all the case here at Max. We, we all, as a, as a family here, really enjoy what we do. I've got some very long term employees. And, you know, just to be able to, to get to work in and among the, the car hobby, the car industry, is a wonderful thing. I mean, sometimes when we travel, we might pass the door of a convention or something going on, and you peer inside, and it's like biotech or something. It's like watching paint dry. I couldn't imagine <laughs> having to do something like that as a living. While it may indeed provide more, you know, financial success and security, yeah, I'd, I'd give that up for what I do today.
0: Absolutely. You know, I I love the concept of luck too, because so many people say. Well, I was just lucky, and usually it is combined with that hard work. That hard work collide together with opportunity, and when those two things meet, that's when that luck actually happens. That's when that success happens. So another great thought process there. Would you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? You sent me a little bio before we talked today about... uh I think it was an old truck. And maybe that's where this story kind of comes together. But tell me about that pivotal moment in your life when you really knew you were a car guy, Jeep guy, truck guy.
1: Well, that that too is an easy one, Mark. I was 14 years old delivering the Seattle Times newspaper on board a bicycle. And each day before I would go and deliver my newspapers, I'd quickly scan the classified area, particularly the I think the Seattle Times referred to it as the specialty auto classic section, <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: just to see if I might find that 56 F100. My sights were set on a 56 F100, and I, I looked every single day to find that truck. And one day, while quickly perusing that section, I came across an ad for a 1940 Ford pickup. Mm. I quickly did my paper route that day and came home anxiously awaiting my, my dad's arrival home from work that day. And... I ran to him and said, Dad, what does a 40 Ford pickup look like? And he said, best-looking Ford truck ever made. <laughs> I said, well, can we go look at it? Sold. <laughs> at, yeah, at, at the time, I was I was living in uh, out east of Kent, Washington, and this truck was was advertised in Auburn, so a short trip away, yeah. I convinced my dad to go take a look. And as luck would have it, my dad agreed to front the $1,800 for me to buy that truck, wow, and nice I came guy. home with the. <laughs> Yeah, with the biggest possible smile on my face. Now I I said front, not not give. So it it was a loan. Yep. And uh, I continued to deliver newspapers and and cut grass and split firewood and whatever I could do to pay him off. So then the money could be set aside to begin to to improve and personalize that truck. Yeah.
0: Oh, fantastic.
1: Yeah. It was at that point that I knew I was I was hooked. So, as a high school kid in the late '80s, I graduated high school in 1988. I drove a 1940. Ford pickup to school every day.
0: <laughs> you are one unique
1: yeah. guy. Oh yeah, yeah, that's for sure. That uh, I guess that was the pivotal moment.
0: Well, you know, you and I share a very similar story. I too had a paper route when I was 14. I did that route for five years, getting up at 4.15 in the morning, rain or shine, riding my Schwinn bicycle with papers over my shoulders collecting every month and uh those few people that always turn their lights out when you knocked on their door to collect <laughs> never could understand that but i too would do the same thing uh when i was uh after i was driving a little older than you i was looking for a carmen and i'd scan the paper san diego union tribune every morning and found my carmen guia down in po- uh, point loma california and and uh, those people listening to my 300 show will hear the rest of this story but uh yeah, my mom loaned me the money, and I had to pay her back with a little interest, as I remember, but uh was well worth it. So we, sh- we have something in common. Colin, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood and ask you to share a huge challenge or, or even better, great failure that you faced along the way in your career. The most important part of this, though, has to do with how did you overcome that situation? What did it teach you?
1: Well, I would say that 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 challenge was leaving a steady job and that was with Street Rotter Magazine. Oh, wow. I was with Street Rodder. I, I actually started my business, and then within a year of starting my business, met some of the guys at Street Rodder. They convinced me to move from the great Northwest down to Orange County, California, and join them at Street Rotter Magazine. And it truly was a dream come true, uh, especially being able to work in the leading publication that it hit the nail right on the head for my automotive interest being the you know the street rod and and early stuff mm-hmm. so that challenge was giving up that job and turning back to the business that was essentially on the back burner and deciding to jump in with both feet and and making it work. I might have fibbed just a little bit on my home loan application indicating that I was employed with street Rodder magazine <laughs> to get to get the paperwork all done, but that was the big challenge is is the purchase of a home and shop in Chehalis, Washington, and and choosing to leave a great, steady, good-paying career with Street Rotter, and jumping back into the business and, and really being forced to make it work and figuring it out.
0: You know, so many of my guests, I've heard the same stories. They had great careers. They even had careers they enjoyed. Some had careers they were miserable in, but they wanted to do something on their own. They had that entrepreneurial spirit and some some kind of flame was deep inside them and i assume that same flame
1: resided in you definitely so um like i said i loved my work at street rider didn't particularly enjoy the corporate side of things but my customers and certainly the subject matter were, were certainly a lot of fun but it was it was that flame inside of me that that I wanted to turn back and and see what i could really make of this business that i had started and essentially like i said put on the back burner for the period of almost 5 years while working for street rider
0: for those listeners out there that wonder if you can do it too and here's an example yes you can it's not easy it has a lot of challenges but the rewards are so worth it in the short term the midterm and the long term in most cases so i'm so happy that you you made that bold move let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum i'd love for you to share one of those career aha moments. I like to say it's a time when the headlights come on and they illuminate your way for this new idea, this new direction that you had. And tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into your success.
1: Well, perhaps I already let the cat out of the bag, but uh, <laughs> that aha moment for me was that that first event, the Portland Swap Meet, uh, circa 1993, where I took those Boeing foot lockers loaded with, with strap assemblies, and I, I quickly whipped up a pair of barbell stands with a, a bright red powder coated nine inch forward housing sitting atop them to indicate, hey, these straps go around the rear end housing or perhaps the lower control arm of your car.
0: Sure.
1: It was pouring down rain down there at PIR. And I remember buying a couple of straw bales to keep people from having to wade through the mud. And I spread that straw out behind my little 1991 Nissan pickup and <laughs> and had these, had these foot lockers full of straps in the back. And a, I think it was a oh, probably just a simple tarp frame over the top of me to, to keep the pouring rain off. And literally by noon on that very first day, I had sold out and I had this little pocket notebook where I was taking orders, Yeah. you know, pen and paper taking orders. And uh, of course, no ability to process a credit card. I hadn't thought that much, you know, <laughs> yeah. I hadn't hadn't thought through the whole process there of exactly how this was going to work. So it was literally on the fly that first day. But but the, the aha moment was realizing that, wait a minute. I built this stuff to to address my personal needs of hauling cars and projects about, but I'm not the only one. These guys are lined up to buy this stuff from a wet eared kid out of the back of a truck. <laughs> you know, gosh, maybe I'm on to something. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, aha. Yeah. Aha. That's exactly right. That that was the aha moment. And so quickly returned back and, and made more of that stuff and, and fulfilled yeah. those orders that were taken on that notepad and and looked to see well what do I do now? Where's the next event? Yeah. Who yeah. else is waiting out there with, with money in hand?
0: Very cool. I love that story so much and so many companies have started that way. A lot of us look at companies and say, Wow, you know, they've always been what we see right now, but no. There's that starting point. I worked for many years in an industry where I went to a lot of trade shows. And I would see guys with little card tables at these big trade shows like SEMA or even events I used to go to in Europe, Auto Mechanica or the Cologne Tool Show. And every year I'd go back and you'd see their table get a little bigger, a little bigger. Then they had a little fancier booth and pretty soon they had a big semi full of products. And uh, that's what it takes. Like you said, a lot of hard work. So kudos to you for taking that bold move and uh, and, uh, continuing to build a business, a really great business that you have today. How about proudest career moments? I would assume you've had many, but is there one in particular you'd like to share with us today? Boy, there's there's several. Uh, am I
1: allowed two? You're allowed as many as you'd like. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to share two with you, one of which Great. happened a few years ago, and, and that's when I was invited down to... Uh, to spend the day with Jay Leno and his collection oh, in Burbank. Oh, how and cool! It was a great, great experience. I had met Jay on a on a couple of occasions prior, but never did I did I imagine that I would get to spend the day with pretty much just Jay Leno. You know, and when you have a collection the size of Jay, it really does take a take a golf cart to see it. <laughs> yes, that was a lot of fun. Wow. Um, it was a bit of a letdown. However, he's got this gorgeous commercial kitchen in his shop environment. And, and I understand he's a heck of a chef, but I was really looking forward to, to having him whip up something fantastic for lunch. Instead, he sent one of the guys to KFC. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, the cars were more important that day. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So that was certainly one of the, one of the highlights of, of my automotive career. Another one was, was getting to, to spend equal time with, uh, with Speedy Bill and his collection in Lincoln, Nebraska. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, that was and, and obviously Speedy Bill is no longer with us. But uh, thinking back, that was certainly certainly a highlight of of my days in the automotive industry as well. Just getting to to walk and talk with Mr. Smith and and see his collection the first time I had ever gotten to sit behind the wheel of a Tucker.
0: Oh, very fun. Well, you know we had Sean Tucker, who is Preston Tucker's great grandson, on the show here which is pretty cool. And uh, Rob Ida, who's uh, building reproduction tuckers. So there's been some Tucker relations here on Cars. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. You got to do that. You know, it brings up a thought that is a reoccurring comment and and process here at Cars. Yeah. And that is the people in the car hobby. The people in the industry are really what make it interesting. You know, Jay Leno, of course, with his TV and his comedy, but he is a consummate car guy. would love to get him on the show. Jay, if you're listening, call me, please. But getting to spend a day with him and his collection uh, around a guy who just knows so much about cars and speedy built, man, you're one lucky guy. But luck, of course, comes with a lot of hard work. So I'll caveat with that. Let's have a little bit of fun here. We talked about that first vehicle, that Ford truck that you bought when you were a paper boy. But is there another vehicle that was your first really special car? And is there a special memory you could share with us about that vehicle?
1: Well, again, Mark, it would it would be that same 1940 Ford pickup. Lots of special memories, but, but one comes to mind, and, and it actually is, uh, it occurred not too far from where you reside. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that they still have it going, but there were there were many years where Bush's Drive-In in Tacoma had oh, yeah. <laughs> a cruise night. Yeah. And if I remember right, it was always Big Daddy's on Friday and Bush's on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. One Saturday night, a friend and I were heading back from Tacoma, and we. We're cruising down Highway 18 and driving along. Of course, 6-volt electrical. You know, you've got to get out with a flashlight to see if your own headlights are on. And yeah. We're flying down Highway 18 there, and all of a sudden we heard this sound, and we looked at each other and thought, what in the world was that? And my buddy Rob turns and looks out the back window and <laughs> he starts laughing. He said, the the plywood bed liner just blew out. So here we are cruising, you know, 10 or 11 at night and, and literally lost the entire sheet of plywood, which was my bed floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, blew right out on Highway 18. Uh-oh. I guess that's a tie-down problem. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, that was one of my one of my fond memories. Uh, I hope nobody was following too closely behind. It was impossible to go back and find it with six volt headlights anyway. So we pretended it never happened and kept the pedal down.
0: Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, uh, little did you know that your in your future was a tie-down future to keep things like that from happening. Especially this day and age with the speed that vehicles travel, uh, you certainly don't want things flying off of trailers or out of trucks and things like that. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've owned that you've let go that you really wish you had back in the garage?
1: Gosh, I hate to be boring and come back to that same old 40 Ford I've I've had a lot of It's a recurring story. <laughs> yeah, I've had I've had many many cars over the years and uh and some were bought merely to sell and others were bought to enjoy for a while and I don't get too attached to many of them I I kind of have my fun and and what's next on the horizon but but that 40 there's an interesting story there and and Rob when you get to listen to this you'll you'll uh, I'm sure uh Smile at this one. (laughs) Not too long ago, got rid of that very first car, that 1940 Ford, but with a few strings attached. That truck now belongs to a dear friend of mine that that lives in North Bend, Washington, and uh, I only agreed to sell it to him once I found another 1940 Ford that had more capacity for passengers. Mm. I'm the proud father of twin boys that are now five and a half years of age. (laughs) All right. Stuffing a family of four in a in a forty Ford pickup's just a little bit tight. So yeah. I've now somewhat replaced that forty Ford pickup with a forty Ford sedan that has room for the entire family. Oh so cool. The answer to your question would probably be that forty pickup, but I said there's some strings attached and that is Should my pal Rob ever decide to sell it, I'm first in line to get it back.
0: First ride of refusal. Very cool. Good. Well, I hope you do get that back someday. And hopefully it's at a point when those boys of yours are getting up there and can actually jump in the driver's seat and take it for a ride and give you a ride in that 40. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, time will fly with those little five-year-olds. Before you know it, they'll be 16. So hang on to your hat. I've got two grown adult kids. I know. How about current Projects? Is there something you're working on right now in your business that really has you excited and fired up?
1: Well, certainly lots of business projects, but on the car front, I'm uh, very excited to, to be uh, heading toward the finish line on a 66 Mercury Cyclone convertible. Oh, wow. It's a car that I've been packing around with me since 1997 during my career with Street Rudder. I bought it at the Pomona swap meet. Oh, yes, great swap and, meet. Uh, yeah, and that, that car is, is nearing completion. It is powered by a Coyote 302 that's supercharged with a Tremec 6-speed and wow. got some Morrison suspension under it. And, uh, you know, big brakes, good handling. It should stop, steer, and, and fly down the road. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Oh, sounds awesome. And speaking of Morrison suspension, Art's been a guest here on the show as well. So uh, we're all one big happy family here when it comes to cars at Cars Yeah. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Colin. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Oh, man. (laughs) I know. It's kind of goofy, but you know what? It brings out some very interesting answers. If people answer it honestly about how they perceive themselves. That is certainly an interesting
1: question. There's so many cars that I love. I mean, it's it's so difficult to, I guess, to, to narrow it down to one, but... I'm going to throw out one of my favorites there, Mark. Okay. A 36 Ford Roadster.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So why is Colin a 36 Ford Roadster?
1: Well, because it's a little bit unique. You don't see them very often. There's not the big, you know, reproduction movement following that car like there is, say, a, a 32, 3, or 4 for that, uh-huh. for that matter. I think a big part of it is the fact that, that unlike a red 32 ford roadster with a small block chevrolet and a turbo 350 and a nine inch ford rear it's not a belly button car (laughs) not everybody's got one (laughs) so i think for those reasons it's uh you know it's it's a bit unique it's it's cool it's stylish and for a roadster it's got a lot of room in it there you go i love it see
0: that's why i like that question it gets people thinking a little bit So calling up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah! sponsor. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power, while you're on the road, works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from Noco is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from Noco, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to CarsYa.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full-color ebook filled with fuel filler fun, with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time simply go to carsyad.com and click on the free book button on the home page download your free filler up book today at cars yeah okay colin we're entering the last lap and this is where i fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of the throttle answers so are you ready i'm ready what is the best automotive advice you've ever received?
1: I would say the answer to that question for me would be to listen. Listen. Listen, because most things mechanical will tell you how they're feeling. <laughs> Not always, but but oftentimes, particularly with old cars, you know they the the old adage the squeaky wheel gets the grease. They they talk to you, and if you're willing to listen you can can often, you know, head a problem off. You can address an issue before it becomes serious. Sure. We have a, a whole host of sewing machines here that that sew our product every day and and oftentimes I can be walking through the production area and because I've got an ear for that stuff, I can say, "Up, oh, hang on a second, that machine's out of time," and we can address it before it becomes an issue. Yeah. And you know, it, it takes a, a, a bit of a of an ear, if you will, to, to recognize those things. You know, some people can, you know, drive down the road every day with that caliper sticking, just grinding. They just simply turn up the radio. <laughs> N- not for me. I'm the guy that says, wait a minute, I know what that is. Let's fix it. Let's
0: fix it. Yeah, listening is important, uh, important to listen to people as well. So great attribute. Could you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success over the years? Sure. I, I think it's
1: again comes back to the harder I work, the luckier I get. Not looking at the clock, just getting done what what needs to get done, and and always trying to to make today better than than yesterday. Absolutely, great um, advice. That's you know at the end of the day, if today was better than yesterday, well, it was a great day. <laughs> there you go. Do you have a
0: resource that you'd like to share with our listeners you think they would enjoy? Pull well, max
1: tie-downs, of course. <laughs> there you go. You know, the Internet has brought about such a change in everything, life as we know it, right? But for the car guy, there's just an amazing amount of resources for whatever your your area of interest might be. And gosh, you know, 30 seconds on Google, you can find yourself up till 3 a.m. pounding on the keyboard, not realizing how much time has passed. Oh, yeah. Because you know, you can just dive in and, and truly get lost in it. So there's so many cool resources out there that you know you can truly get lost in and, and learn a lot and and connect with people that have those similar interests. So I find that the that the web in general is is a great place. You gotta be aware how much time you're spending. Yeah, but uh set
0: those timers. It, it can
1: be a lot of fun. I still enjoy just a good old fashioned car show. Yeah, they're absolutely wonderful.
0: How about a book? Is there one book in particular you think that the listeners would really enjoy reading?
1: Well, it's one I'm reading right now. Actually, it's entitled Switch, and it's written by the Heath brothers, mm-hmm. and it's it's a book on how to change when change is hard, mm. and it it applies to both a, a business life and a personal life, and uh, it's a it's an inspiring book. I'm about um, oh three quarters of the way through it, and and I. I'm not much of a reader, but this is one that I have a tough time putting down.
0: Awesome. Well, that's a new book that's been recommended here. And I'll tell our listeners there's a great resource on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books. So this book that Colin recommended and all the books from the past 300-plus guests are on that page with quick, easy links to Amazon where you can make a purchase. All of this at CarsYeah.com slash Colin MacLemore, And Colin's last name is M, a little c, big L, E-M-O-R-E. You can find his show notes page with all these resources. All right, Colin, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car or truck in your garage, but money's no object, today I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like, what would that one vehicle be and why?
1: I got to go back to that old 44. <laughs> oh, my God. I know it probably sounds really boring to all you out there. but uh, And only because it was my first car. Mm-hmm. And how cool would that be to to continue to own that throughout my entire life? Yeah, what color was that truck? It was uh, painted a very, very pale sage green, similar to a, a factory offering. Mine was actually a Cadillac color from the mid-70s. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was painted that color when I bought it, and, and it remained that color all the years that I owned it.
0: I think I'm familiar with that color. It's a great color. Wonderful color, very unique, too, especially for a truck. So that would make it stand out even more. So that old 40 Ford pickup, wow, of all the cars, well, that's very telling how important that's been in your life, and uh, I sure hope your buddy lets you have that back someday. Colin, you've taken me on a great ride. I've really enjoyed learning more about you and your business. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with me and the Cars Show yeah listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that 1944 pickup?
1: Well, for for all of you that have got uh, an interest in vehicles, any way that you can further that interest, uh, even if it's just taking your kid to a car show, strolling through the grass at Pebble Beach, whatever whatever automotive endeavors turn you on, get out there and do it. Life is short. You know, tomorrow is promised to no one. Get out there and enjoy it on whatever level you're able to.
0: Great idea. And you mentioned to me in our pre-show chat about a great event that takes place in your neck of the woods in May every year. You want to mention that?
1: Yeah, sure. Why not? It's called Lost in the 50s. And it's, uh, it's put on, believe it or not, by a, a lady that owns Second Avenue Pizza here. Her name is Carolyn Gleason. and Believe it or not, she has never attended another car show anywhere. Wow. But this is now in its, I think, 27th year, uh, it's not a big show, but it's a great show. A lot of Canadians come down to it. They block off the city streets. Uh, it's just a wonderful, wonderful show, and to make it even better, here at Max on Friday preceding that show, we host a barbecue and open house, and you can come in and see how our tie-down equipment's actually made and watch some sewing machines at work and, and milling machines doing their jobs, and, and we'll buy you lunch. And, and, hey, uh, there's what There's always deal. <laughs> live entertainment and you better get here early because even though we added about 10,000 square feet of asphalt last year, that too is now full, and uh, I don't know where we're going to put the cars in years to come. Well,
0: it sounds like a great event, and if you're up there in that part of the United States, beautiful Sandpoint, Idaho, in late May, make sure you stop by and tell them Market Cars Yeah sent you. What's the best way for our listeners to learn
1: more about you and your business? MaxTiedowns.com, and that is M-A-C-S. We're also... Very proud of the fact that we try to answer each and every inbound phone call. You won't get stuck on eternal hold here. So give us a call. We'd love to talk to you. And what's that phone number? Uh, 800-666-1586. There you
0: go. Well, again, listeners, you can find everything Colin has been so kind to share with me today at carsyad.com. Just put Colin, C-O-L-I-N, in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up, and you can find links to his site and everything we've discussed Colin, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. Really enjoyed it. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up!